This is People Like Us, a show about Alt-NBA alumni. Here's Mark Overman from Alt-NBA 13. So I'd like to take a step into the past. And when you applied to Alt-NBA, who were you? What was going on in your life at that time? So at that time, I had been in New York for just about a year. And in my job at InterExchange for a year as well, I came to New York from D.C., both for professional and personal reasons. My wife was here. Uh, this was before we were married. We were doing long distance and obviously wanted to be in the same place. It was also a moment where I wanted to transition professionally. And so it all just worked out really well. So a year into my new job, I, I, I think I had just started to figure out what I was doing. Um, my not only was my organization new to me, but my role was new to the organization. So I was figuring it out as I went along, which is really exciting, um, but also, you know, really difficult sometimes. You know, those when you just have to come in every day and figure out, okay, what do I do now? I'm sure you experienced that, you know, running a small business where it's like, okay, well, no one's going to tell me what to do today, so I got to figure it out. Um and so I think at that moment, I was really um, excited about where I was, but wanting to do more. I was figuring out what I was supposed to be doing or where I could be making an impact and adding value, but I knew there was more that I could be doing. And I think I just didn't know what that was. And I had been you know, subscribing to Seth's emails and, and blog for quite some time and you know, always really liking them, finding them such a great piece of every day, just this great way to start every day, essentially. The old MBA, of course, is mixed in with those emails. And I had been, you know, I had checked it out a few times before, but there was just something about that moment of the summer's coming up. I've been in this new job a year. The deadline is coming up. Maybe I should just do this. This seems like a good time. Um, I have the time in the summer. It's the right moment in my career, the right moment in life. And, and it just sort of clicked at that moment. I, I, I can't describe it more than that, but it just I just knew it was the right moment to try to take myself outside of my comfort zone, try to learn something new that I that I felt I could apply immediately to my current work circumstances. Yeah. And how would you say you were changed in all MBA? I think, you know, I I think I have learned more about the ways that I specifically can make an impact in my job as well as it's come into much clearer focus the things that I am not as good at the things that I struggle with um, and I'm talking you know those more general types of things um, ways in which I could I, I could do a lot better um, I'll give you, I'll give you an example. I'm a very, like I said, I'm a, I'm this, I'm a connector. I'm a collaborator. I'm somebody who likes to get groups together to brainstorm. Um, so my, my, the way I approach things when I came to my new organization was to try to do that. You know, I'd have an idea that wasn't fully formed. I'd want to get people in a room to help me flesh it out. Mm -hmm. And I, I worked in an organization of four people for a long time in DC. And now I'm in an organization of 120. So quite a big jump. That might have worked in a place where I saw the same three other people every day and we just knew each other very well. But here I kind of suddenly realized it's, that's not the way everybody works. 
And when I get in a room and say, hey, here's the half form idea, I kind of assumed everybody would see the, the potential value in it in the same way that I did. But that, of course, wasn't the case. So what I think all the MBA forced me to do in this particular uh, example is to step back to to think more deeply and clearly about what it is I was wanting to do here, what the idea is, maybe get a few different individual points of view from some of my good colleagues, but essentially really take ownership of what this idea was, what it could be for our, our organization, and to assert that. And I think that was a key thing for me, that word assert is something I learned in OP MBA, MBA and keeps coming back to me all the time in, in my job. And I find myself saying it to, to myself, saying it to other people and saying, don't wait for someone to tell you what to do, you've got to assert a way forward. Or don't assume people are going to help you do the hard work of taking an idea and moving it forward. You have to assert that. Get it out into the world. Put forward a, a specific point of view about it. And then bring people into that world and allow them to react to it. That was something I was never very good at because I I, I just, you know, I'm I, one of the downfalls of trying to be a collaborator and a connector is you want to be a people pleaser as well. I want people to like me, essentially. So going in and saying with certainty, this is what it is, this is the assertion I'm making, uh, isn't in my nature because I want people to be involved in the process and to give me feedback. But what I realize is that all can still happen, but you, you, you reach a much better place uh, if you're able to go in and kind of give that clear point of view and that clear way forward. And I think this is another thing that came out of the LPM MBA is you've got, but by doing that and getting people to be in your world immediately and to start engaging on the details of your idea, your proposal, you've already gotten over the hump of whether we're going to do it. And you've just shoved people without them knowing it into the realm of how we're going to do it. And that's something that's been so valuable to me to, to get people past that inertia that often develops in any organization especially one in which people have been there a long, long time, which is the case of mine. Um, sometimes, you know, people can just fall into a bit of a rut. And there's often that, that take of, well, here's why we can't do this, or we can't do this because. Um, but by really being more assertive about things, you kind of get them over that hump to think about, well, we can do it if. That was another one of my favorite things that came from all MBA was the thinking not about we can't because, but we can't if. Right. So d these are just some examples of really, I think, simple concepts when you, after they've had a chance to watch over you, you're like, wow, that's so simple. But it's, uh, they're also so profound and things that I hadn't really thought about before in these specific ways and certainly hadn't thought about them in a specific relation to my professional work and my job and how they can really just make me better at what I'm doing. So I know that was a, it's a bit of a long-winded way of saying it just really shifted a lot of the ways I think about things, approaches to projects, my own way of, of being and how I can shift that, um, making me really introspective about a lot of those things. Mm -hmm. That's where I got a ton of value out of our month, our, our intensive month sprint. What are you working on now or what's next for you? Well, um, so I think one of the exciting things that we're working on a lot at InterExchange is, is new programs. Uh, we 
do international exchange programs um, like study abroad, which is the concept most people understand uh, as related to what we do. But we actually work on uh, work, teach, volunteer, and other experiential kinds of abroad programs. So not on the academic side, but more on the life experience side. And most of our programs involve international students and young professionals coming to the U.S. Um, we also have programs for Americans to go abroad, mostly recent graduates, young professionals. But that's a, a, a smaller part of our business. But we are so invested in the idea that more and more young Americans have to get abroad to gain essentially the, the, the skills they're going to need to succeed in, in this global world. Um, some of those are hard skills like language skills or, or specific country cultural skills, but most of them are these other intangible skills that we're talking about. Um, really, the, let's just say the ability to be that leader rather than just a manager or a follower. Um, so we're really looking to develop a lot of new and hopefully innovative program offerings for Americans. So that's just been really exciting. Um, another piece of my job is government relations and advocacy. And for international programs right now, that's a, a really challenging environment. And so it's, it's at the same time, I, it's really, really energizing because there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, but it can also be a bit demoralizing when you just feel like there's this constant um, push and pressure uh, against what we view to be fundamentally great programs. You know, again, connections of people across borders that help to forward so many different goals, personal development and enrichment, new uh, business partnerships, growing up economies, and fundamentally just that kind of cultural understanding that we, we all really need. These are all just net benefits from our, our viewpoint. So it can be really demoralizing when there's other people coming at you, people in positions of power, too, over some of the programs we run, saying, no, I fundamentally disagree with what you, the premise of what you do is. So, you know, I spend a lot of my time kind of working on that and dealing with that <laughs> emotional roller coaster. So the things that I was talking about before, you know, just building new programs feels really good. It's almost an antidote to that because it's stuff we control and it's all positive. So that, those are kind of the two different pieces of my work world right now. One of the goals of the of this podcast is to to help alumni connect, and I'm going to try something different. I want you to fill in the blank. Reach out if, and you fill in the blank. It could be multiple things. Like how, what should people, if you, given your background, uh, what are, what are things that people should reach out to you for? Yeah. So let's see. Reach out to me if you're interested in international programming, exchange, education, or collaborations. Um, reach out to me if you're interested in grassroots advocacy campaigns um, and engaging the government in, in different ways. Um, reach out to me if you're interested in partnerships. I think that's a, a, a key thing for me and so much of what I do in my job is trying to create partnerships. And I say that very broadly because I think connecting with like-minded people with the idea that, hey, something might, there might be an opportunity here. And even if that opportunity is just two cool, like-minded people getting to connect and um, have a cool, good conversation. But of course, if there's more uh, specific ideas of, hey, there, there, there could be opportunity here for us to do something. Um, I'm always looking for those kinds of 
those partnerships and those people willing to do that. Um, because I think what I've seen in being expansive in your thinking about that and never saying, oh, there's nothing there, but just, hey, pursue a relationship because it's a good thing to do and because this is a, a good, interesting person. I've seen things bubble up that I never would have thought of otherwise. And, you know, a lot of times it doesn't really go anywhere. You just have a, another great person in your network. But so anyway, if, if, if anyone is interested in that kind of thinking, specific partnerships in an international realm or just, hey, exploring cool new things, um, contact me if you're into that. <laughs> those are those are three things I would say. What's the best way that for sounds, people to... That sounds terribly general. That sounds terribly general. Hey, you know, <laughs> everyone in the old NBA world has a cool new thing. So it, not, it, you have to have a, a, a little bit more of a specific cool thing. And You'd be surprised. I think, I think sometimes people need permission because uh, I think people don't want to, uh, don't want to impose on someone. So sometimes you just got to give them permission to be like, yes, send me, send me funny gifts. Um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because that's what I want. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, I think that's, I, I appreciate that. And I think that's true. I mean, sometimes we do hesitate to reach out to somebody or to just throw something on the table. I don't know why we do. We think someone's too busy or that they won't receive it well. Um, it's probably the lizard brain trying to like get you yeah, not to do that brain. thing. That's right. But if you actually think about the reality of the times that you've done that, Probably all of them, or at least ninety nine out of ten, have resulted in a positive interaction. And you know what? If somebody sort of swats that down, that wasn't the person you wanted to talk to anyway. Yeah. And what's the best way for people to get into contact with you? Um, well, I think some sort of a direct message is the best way for me. Um, uh, and I, uh, email is great for me, but if it's if not email, I guess like a, a, a Slack direct message, or even you you came to me through LinkedIn, which was which was clever and crafty. Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes for ways to contact Mark.